2: Welcome into the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for the next hour as we wrap up a Monday here on WGR. And tonight, yes, it is It is NFL Combine Week. We'll talk a lot about that as the week goes on. But I do want to talk the NHL tonight as, of course, the trade deadline is this Friday. So it's a big week in sports as a whole. This is really the first week I get excited for sports starting or what's going on for the first time probably since the NFL season starts because after that it's kind of it's spotty here and there of what sports are starting and it's kind of spread out like the NHL starts as well but even this year was kind of a sporadic start where like a few games kind of you know kicked it off and then very spotty once we get into like the fall of when sports start but this week to me There's a ton of stuff just going on that I look forward to the NFL combine as well. Many will know I'm a big NFL draft junkie. So that's, this is where, this is where my heart lies. A lot of the time. I love the draft. I love covering the draft, all that stuff. Formula one starts this week. Practices start on Thursday and Friday. Qualifying on Saturday and the race on Sunday. That'll get started. If you already drive to survive fan, that came out last Friday on Netflix. Then you have the NHL trade deadline, which for years I kind of would pay attention to, but sort of like half-heartedly because the Sabres just weren't very good. So it was kind of more along the lines of who are we selling off? How many picks are we going to get? Do I have the draft to look forward to, like to start finding out these prospect names? All that fun stuff. We're now... It's just the Sabres are good. I'm enjoying the ride. If they don't make many moves, I'll kind of deal with it and I'll be all right with it. And then as well, you got conference tournaments beginning in college basketball. For those that don't know, I am a massive college basketball junkie. I I pay attention to the sport year round. It is not just in March. This is just the creme de la creme. I pay attention to it, though. When the season starts in like November, I start kind of going and we continue all the way on. But. Where I do want to start tonight off is, of course, we are going to be talking mainly the NHL tonight. So flat out, that's kind of what I want to to dive into. First and foremost, in the last hour or so, the Sabres have made a trade, and that is for defenseman Riley Stillman from the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for forward Josh Bloom. It's kind of a whatever trade. Like, just flat out, my opinion right off the bat, it's a flat out, just, eh, who cares, whatever. Stillman is more of a defensive body more than anything else, which... Yes, the Sabres need, but they probably need just a straight-up better defenseman to add to a core that leaves a lot to be desired more nights than not. And I'm not talking about Rasmus Donnelly and Owen Power and Matias Samuelson. I'm talking about basically everyone else. Clay has his moments. Yoki Haru has his moments. And after that, it's, it's, it's a real rough go. Ilya Labushkin did have a great goal last week. Outside of that, oftentimes, he is just a turnstile as a defenseman. So they really did need to add there. But these past few days, not even just the Sabres playing, but watching the Eastern Conference and watching how many moves they're making. I came to this realization last week, about midweek on Wednesday, when I was hosting Show on the Bulldog with Corey Griswold. I came to this realization about then, that it's just not the time. It is not the time to make a move because ultimately, are they really, if if they added, let's say, a Timo Meyer or they added Jacob Chikrin, are they really going to be better than the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the New Jersey Devils, the Carolina Hurricanes, or the Boston Bruins? Are they going to be better? The answer is unequivocally no. They are too young. They still oftentimes have nights where they just leave you bewildered and befuddled at how they performed like that. Look at this past week. How did it start with the vibes maybe being as low as they could be because you came out of the all-star break really flat, and then when you host Toronto, you got punched in the mouth and kicked out of your own building 6-3, to and the score was not nearly that close. At one point, it was 5 nothing, and the Sabres kind of tried to make a game of it when Toronto just wanted to get out of the building. But since then, three straight wins, two of which were on the road against the Florida teams in Tampa Bay and Florida massive wins and then you get an awesome win on Sunday against the Washington Capitals in which Dylan Cousins gets his first career hat trick it was amazing to watch as someone who openly he is my favorite player on the Sabres Tage Thompson's a blast to watch Rasmus Donnelly is a generational defenseman but there's something about Dylan Cousins that I've just absolutely gravitated towards I paid attention to his career when he was at Lethbridge and just from then on it's just that was the guy, I was like, that's my dude right there. That's the guy I'm going to follow. And I'm having to like really fight not getting a jersey, which people should be thanking me for, because if I buy jerseys, it's a complete disaster for said player. But just to, to see that, especially against a team like Washington, who you knew coming in that their playoff hopes were somewhat hanging by a thread, but it was confirmed in that, in that, in that third period, where they just seemingly were throwing everything in the kitchen sink just to try to get back in that game, because they could feel that or at least the players. Management, I think, has kind of understood that that their season's kind of dead. You could see the players just throwing everything at this game just to try to get back in, claw maybe an overtime. Even if it's a loss, just get a point in this. And they just could not do it. And now the Sabres, they make this little move, but really it's, it's a young team. Kevin Adams, Sabres general manager, has been very upfront about the fact that, well, Look, we're not going to rush the process, and I can get behind that. I understand it, especially you're the youngest team in the NHL. And in a position of need, one of your major ones at goalie, no one's selling. Maybe you get Vejmelka from Arizona. Maybe. But that's a big, big maybe. There's really no guarantee at all that Arizona would want to part with him. At all. Thatcher Demko of Vancouver? Vancouver's partially broken him at this point. I mean, like realistically, he is not the same goaltender he was the past few years, kind of carrying Vancouver to relevancy at times. He's he's just not the same guy. So where are you at? I want to make the playoffs. I think this team can just flat out with the talent they have and growing together. And now it's starting to look like they really could do it. They really just got bad luck this weekend in terms of winning games and then immediately needing one team to lose to a team they clearly should. I'm talking about Pittsburgh and Tampa. We need Pittsburgh to lose against Tampa, and Tampa just decides to get absolutely destroyed in the second period, letting in six goals, and they fall 7-3. to three. But, again, y- you look at the rest of the East and what they're doing, and and the joke has now become looking around the NHL and NHL Twitter, the jokes become, when is the West going to wake up? When are they going to realize, oh, crap, it's the trade deadline. Like, we need to start making moves. Because you look at teams, I didn't even mention the Rangers when I was talking about teams that, you know, are you really going to be better as Buffalo if you add a Timo Meyer or Jacob Chikorin this year? Or really even maybe next year. But you look at the Rangers who add Tarasenko, and everything is pointing they're going to add Patrick Kane as well because their group is kind of older. me, Panarin's 31. Like, they are going to have to start pushing towards a real cup challenge now at this point. They are no longer now considered just, I guess, the darling that's being carried by Igor Shosturkin like they were last year. This team is just flat out like, no, 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 you have to go. Zabenejad, I believe, is 29. Chris Kreider, 31. That is an old team. That is just deciding, we've got to go for it now. We've got to go for it now. Even the guys they add, Vladimir Tarasenko, 31. Patrick Kane's, what, 35? Like, the Rangers are going for it. And the other team that is also very clearly going for it, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who seemingly gave away everything they had for Tanner Jeannot over in Nashville. They gave up defenseman Calphoni, Five draft picks for Tanner Junot. He has five goals in 56 games with Nashville this season. But that is an absolute screw it. We've got to go in now. Because our team is getting older, and this is the last year of our core. Even Tampa, or not Tampa, excuse me, I just talked about Tampa. Even Toronto is now acting like that. They get in Ryan O'Reilly, and now today they add Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, and they give away whatever pieces, Joey Anderson and Pavel Gugulev. But they're thinking the same thing. How long do we have Austin Matthews for? Maybe two more years? Every report out of Toronto is not really that confident he's going to sign back with Toronto, that he will end his career as a Maple Leaf, that he probably does want to play in the United States. The only team that is making a move that is not really like in like a win or die kind of mode, because I mean, like that's the thing. You look around the East as well; it's all old teams, or it's teams that just they're trying their best to stay relevant. That's where I I I, I put the Islanders in. They go for Bo Horvat. They're five games ahead of basically everyone else in the Eastern Wild Card playoff race. They have to win almost every game to stay in one of those spots. Even with them winning, it's not looking likely because they're not enough points ahead, and they got five games ahead of everybody. And they added Bo Horvat just to stay relevant, just to try to sneak in the playoffs. They're a team that would do that and get shelled in the first round. And it's and it's uh, uh, yeah, makes sense to me. New Jersey is the only team in the East that is making a move, and they're very clearly not at the end of their rope. They are actually very much in the beginning of their window. And they're kind of taking a bit of a bargain, or they're taking a bit of a risk here in getting Timo Meyer. They'll have him under contract for at least the next two years because he is an RFA this upcoming offseason. But if they're not able to get him down, locked down, well, then at least. They didn't give away any of their two top prospects in Dawson Mercer and Alexander Holtz. I guess that is probably the huge positive here that I know Jersey fans have seen on Twitter. That's what they're stoked about is that they didn't have to give away any of the major prospects that could have really soured the deal. Like, cool, we got Timo Meyer, but at what cost? But this is where for me it's just for the Sabers it's not worth it yet. It's it's just it's not worth it yet. Add maybe a piece here on the defense to kind of like hey sure this up. Let's let's see if we can make a push here to get in the playoffs, but nothing nothing groundbreaking. I'm I'm seeing reports too that maybe the Sabers are still in on Arizona defenseman Jacob Chikrin for the right price sure, but it also sounds like Arizona is being a little more stingy than I honestly I thought San Jose was going to be way more aggressive with New Jersey. I re- I really really did I was kind of bewildered last night that Mercer Holtz was not a part of the deal because it sounded like New Jersey was kicking other teams out by being as aggressive as they were. Carolina, we know, was in it for most of the weekend. They got knocked out early Sunday morning or late Saturday night, and then it came down to Vegas and New Jersey. That should have been honestly my first clue that the deal was maybe not as bad as it was going to be or maybe as bad as I thought it was going to be because Vegas has basically nothing. I I honestly don't know what Vegas could give up. They are so wheeler deal kind of just throw caution to the wind that to me I should have probably realized like once it was down to those two teams. I'm like, what can Vegas give up that New Jersey can can also give up without hurting themselves even slightly, which it turned out to be true. So I also wonder now like how serious Carolina was about it. But you look at the Eastern standings and mainly the Metropolitan because that's where Carolina and New Jersey are. New Jersey's got a game in hand and is three points behind Carolina. If Meyer hits for them, for Jersey, and it sounds like he's going to play on a line with Nico Heashear, if that hits, Carolina's now got to be sitting here going, we're going to lose out on the second seed in the East. They're going to drop down to the wild card and have to play the Rangers. That could realistically happen. And New Jersey's sitting here. And 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 to me this is this is the big thing here. New Jersey is sitting here. It's kind of in the similar situation that Buffalo's in. They're a year ahead of Buffalo. Last year if they had even somewhat stable goaltending, I think they went through like nine goalies last year. If they even had somewhat stable goaltending, they were making the playoffs. This was a good team. They dealt with injuries, and that's what really derailed them. The Sabres, on the opposite end, have not really had to deal with many injuries at all this year. Outside of, of course, over this weekend, we found out Alex Tuck was put on IR. Hopefully, it's not a long-term one. It does sound like it'll be at least two weeks, if not three. And then Matias Samuelson in the beginning of the season when the Sabres go on their eight-game losing streak. But outside of that, the Sabres have been really able to kind of just take blow after blow and not really sustain any long-term injuries rasmus dolly might miss tomorrow night's game against columbus as he's dealing with something but it doesn't seem to be major even a little bit he's day-to-day and there was no real panic coming from the front office when talking about dolly's injury at all so not really worried there but jersey's in a weird predicament and and it kind of starts because of the beginning of the season they were white hot i mean they just came out guns blazing, just taking people down left and right. And you also have players like Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt, like just really blowing up and becoming superstars in their own right. And their record shows it like they are now in a window where it's like, oh, we can win the cup because you look at the West and really the West is gonna be Colorado and like Dallas. And after that, it's a lot of question marks a lot of question marks and even then like with Colorado this kind of question marks but they've dealt with injuries all year so it's good for them to kind of just be able to kind of survive it and now they might wind up being the one seat out 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 west that they are terrifying
0: call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
1: Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: And people just kind of let them stay alive, essentially. Minnesota's got 60 game played. Colorado's at 57 and they're only one point of, of, above them. Dallas is two games in hand on them. They're only three points ahead of them. Like Colorado seems to me like they they might make a bull rush to the top of the West. They are terrifying and now they're getting healthy. But it just it doesn't feel like the right time for the Sabers. It really doesn't. Maybe next year is. I mean if they come out white hot like New Jersey did this year, then it would probably be their time to do it. But right now it's just not, it's just not make small moves here and there improve just a little bit. Try to make a playoff push this year. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Yes. The drought will go on. Yes. Fans will be upset and I will slightly be upset as well. But this season there was really no serious aspirations of playoffs. It was develop. It was, Hey, win most of your games or or try to win, you know, around half your games, put, give me a good product. Will it be frustrating if they have like a Norris caliber defenseman and a hundred and ten point you know forward, and they don't make the playoffs? Yeah, it will. I'm not gonna lie to you there. It will. The East is a gauntlet, though. Like I, I, I. That's my biggest takeaway from this year, and it and it will be all the way through the rest of the year. And I don't I don't see it changing. The East is so much better than the West. Colorado might be the best team overall. They were last year. But even last year, you can kind of see like the East is a, it's a gauntlet. It is just a, a grudge match, bare knuckle fight and it's just you try to survive. You try to like clip wins here and there. But like this year, th- look at the eastern teams and how they're gearing up to fight one another. I mean like Boston really hasn't even dived into like the market yet. Realistically, they have not totally d- dove in. They traded for a few Washington players, but nothing crazy. Like they're just kind of let's get some bottom bottom six forwards, some depth defensemen. Let's not go let's not do anything crazy here. We're we're amazing. The record is stunning. I think they're what 45-8-3. That's vile. But you have teams like Toronto and Tampa who are gearing up for another first round playoff series, which now that the Sabers are in playoff contention, slash just in a race, that, that this is going to be a topic for the next few years. Like the playoffs have to change. Can we? Can we please just go back one through eight? Like this is ridiculous. That for months Toronto and Tampa have known they were going to play each other. For months they have known they were going to play one another. Boston is just waiting to see who the, who the worst wild card is going to be. And until New Jersey made it interesting, Carolina was running away. They they were just going to play the other wild card team. It was going to be Rangers and Jersey, which I would have liked to have seen Rangers Jersey in round one. Don't get me wrong, and that very well could still happen. But until the Timo Meyer deal, it felt like the Eastern playoffs were pretty much a wash. Like you knew who's in. We're just trying to figure out the wild cards now. In the West, it's up and down constantly, so it's a bit better there. But how how long have we done this in the East? Where like last year it was worse. Last year, by December, we knew exactly where everyone was going to be, who everyone was playing. The wild card race wasn't even exciting. That was dead in the water on arrival. So I'm hoping that gets a bit better. I'm hoping that we can have those discussions soon of like an actual change to the playoff format. I'd like to see that. But just to me, as this week went on, and, and really last night seeing the returns, I was a little frustrated by New Jersey's deal with, San Jose to get team O'Mear because it was like all right the sabers could have jumped in on that like like that is actually not a deal that would have crippled buffalo even slightly but it does always come back to will he sign with you long term or are you just getting at best a two year rental and are you giving away prospects that can really be like major cornerstones of your franchise for a guy that won't be here in two years and for the sabers are they going to be a cup contender in two years being this year and next year Ugh, maybe but really, for me, it's like this year maybe make the playoffs. Next year, definitely make the playoffs. Like that's still where I'm at mentally. This year maybe, next year definitely. Then you're a cup team. Now, of course, that can change if you obviously, like I said, become a team like New Jersey and go on this amazing run to start the year. Then I'm uh, now I'm all of a sudden like no 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 you're get on the horse. She's like you, we're we're going for it now, baby. But I'm not gonna sit there and, and say like that's definitely gonna happen next year. Because New Jersey caught everyone by surprise. Now Buffalo is going to be a team next year. I don't think we'll catch a single team by surprise. Tage Thompson is a bona fide superstar. Rasmus Dolleen, for most talking heads in the NHL, you know, just just watching games this weekend and and, and highlights and on the NHL network and stuff like that. And even podcasts like Rasmus Dolleen seems to be a lot of people's one of their favorite Norse finalists, it, you know, if he continues to end the year on a really good pace. So no one's really gonna be surprised by the Sabres. And even then, some of your maybe best kept secrets. Dylan Cousins picked an interesting day to have his first hat trick. He does it when it's the marquee game of the day. And so now, like, not a lot of people are going to be stunned if the Sabres come in and put up five or six on you. This this is what the team is. And Jack Quinn, who is really flourishing really, really well as this season goes on, he's getting now top-line minutes with Tuck being out. I think he's absolutely earned it. And he had two great assists on Sunday. One, the, the pass to Cousins for, I, I think it was his second goal, was just, Superb was just absolutely spectacular. So you like to see him really developing well, and then of course you're going to get young guys. I like. There's a part of me that's thinking like Matthew Savoy and Yuri Kulik. Is there a likelihood that they're on the on the Sabres starting roster next year? I think Kulik. I think almost definitely. The what he is doing in Rochester is just out of this world for a guy that like this is his first year in the AHL. He just came in and just lit it on fire, and he is out of this world right now. I, that's where it makes me almost okay to just stand pat, hold firm, and just and just chill out. Just take a breath, because you see what's coming down the pipeline, and it's like, dude, in two years we might have our own team Meyer, if not two of them. Like, like maybe it really is better to just kind of hang back, relax, add a piece here and there, but we're not we're not in that contending mode yet. I know it's I know you want to try to like and I'm I'm not talking to any specific fans, but fans that want to make that big trade. I know you want to make the playoffs, you want to end the drought, and I do too. I think this group is good enough to do it. And I think they're showing they're good enough to do it. Do they have to get better at home? Yes. Hopefully, hopefully that Washington game was like that jump start to like, hey, this is our home ice. We gotta play better here, we gotta do this better. And maybe Toronto was that kick in the teeth they needed of like, man, we are getting whooped on at home in front of this crowd that is now really starting to come out. It was a sellout on Sunday. It was a great crowd. They were they were given a great game. So hopefully that will continue on. Maybe this was the kick in the teeth they needed to like really just zeroing in on being that home team. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm being a little extra positive. But just looking at this team and how they're playing – now and when we come back from a quick break we'll take in a few minutes i want i want to dive a little bit more into the schedule they've got coming up because we do know after the all-star break the sabers had one of if not the hardest schedule remaining in the nhl so i, I want to take some time to really dive into that especially like i don't know some about this team i have confidence every night they step on the ice because of a little bit of the chaotic style that they play i do feel like that they can really throw it at some teams that just are not really ready for that but also this year And mainly this last week, they've shown me that they can beat some of the top teams on the road, which I guess is their calling card at this point. But it has given me a lot of pause where it's like, I can't just say because they're playing the Boston Bruins or the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Colorado Avalanche that they're going to lose because they're kind of showing it's not really the case. They're showing actually quite the opposite. And maybe now that they're really in a hunt here, that they are very much in a control your own destiny type situation. Maybe this young group really does have that sort of that extra jolt that, hey, we can do it. And maybe as well, maybe a mental thing, because for me it was always like maybe the mental thing for this team is it, it, you take them out of it if you're Kevin Adams, if you don't add like maybe a goaltender here or a defenseman there, but maybe for them it's just, I trust you guys go get it, and that's the little motivation that these guys need, not just the top line guys. But guys like a Casey Middlestat, like a Peyton Krebs, now a Vinny Hinostroza, the two rookies in Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka, maybe that's that little bit extra push that they need that'll be like, hey, we can do this. They have faith in us. We're right there. Let's go get it. It's going to be an interesting run to the end of the season, and one of which Sabres fans have not really had that entertainment in a long time and now it's here and they're giving us some really, really good hockey to watch and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the trade deadline. That is March 3rd this Friday and coverage of the NHL trade deadline here on WGR is brought to you by Outlet Liquor. We need to stock up. It's the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? We are going to take a quick timeout and like I said just a few moments ago we'll take a deeper dive into the remaining games the Sabres have on their schedule and if I think they can get into the playoffs I'll also be taking your tweets at Zachary Jones 198 Are you okay with the Sabres not really making moves or do you still want them to make moves to make that final playoff push? Do you think this is the group that can get it done regardless of moves or not we'll do that when we come back you're listening to nightcap on wgr welcome back to the nightcap here on wgr zach jones along with you the weather's kind of it, it, it's not great Snow and wind seem to have died down a bit here in our Amherst studios, but it's just like I'm so tired. I'm, I cannot do this anymore, people. I, I I just I hate the winter. I hate the cold. I hate snow. I know some of you are out there going, Zach, come on. How do you not love ice skating? Can't ice skate? Hate it. Sledding, dumb. I'm oh I'm just, I'm 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 done. I'm ready. I'm ready to get out of here. We had an ice storm last week, which was a nightmare. As someone that likes to wear Crocs around the house and has a beer slash, you know, soda fridge outside, G- going out there was a nightmare. And then having to like kind of like come out to my car and just seeing like an ice sheet all over it. And I'm like, most of that's plastic. I don't know how this is going to go. I'm, I'm going to have to thaw this out. Hopefully we'll see what happens. Like, I just, I cannot do this anymore. And I'm not somebody who necessarily checks weather all the time, so I'm usually one of if not the last to find out things are happening and I'm just like like tonight, I already know in about a half hour I'm gonna go outside to clear off my car and like i i'm I don't want to do that anymore I don't want to do that anymore i'm I'm acting like I'm an old man it's like lived through like fifty winters i'm twenty four years old I remember maybe nineteen of them, but like I just I cannot do this anymore, especially like like Mike showed up today on Showman the Bulldog mentioned too, like, there's always that reminder every winter or like February that, like, oh, you thought spring was on its way. Nope. And like, that is just, I hate that. It, like, it feels incredibly personal when that happens. And I just, to me, always, like, the first day, or really the first time I feel like it's spring is when I can, like, I can roll down my window wherever I'm going in the car, whether it's to work, coming home from work, whatever it is, I can roll down the window put on some sunglasses and just, and cruise my way home. And I'm not, I'm not old Like it is like a perfect weather to just have the window open. We kind of had those in February. I didn't do it. Cause I knew that like, that's jumping the gun a bit, but now we're back to like a snowstorm. And I'm just, I'm so tired of it. I'm so exhausted of it. I'm just, I i was born and raised here. the The furthest I got away from here was living a year away from home in Pennsylvania, dealt with snow there too. And I'm just like, I done, done. I can't do it. I'm going to be the guy. I can't wait for this to happen. I'm going to be the guy that just gets the summer home. And I'll call it, like, oh, it's my summer lake house, you know, down in North Carolina, whatever. And, like, I eventually just moved there permanently after, like, three months. Just because I'm like, why would, I, why would I just wait on this? I can deal with the heat. It's the cold I just cannot deal with. Just not a fan. It's not a fan of me. And I want to go to war with it. But where we left off, we're talking about the Buffalo Sabres and how, for me, this week, especially with it being the NHL trade deadline this Friday at 3 p.m., I don't think it's the time for the Sabres to make a move. I just don't think there's enough there yet for the Sabres to really convince themselves, or really fans even, I think, to convince themselves that one or two moves, they're away from being a cup contender. Which right now, if you try to jump in on some of these moves, you are dealing with those teams, not teams that are just trying to get into the playoffs. Really outside of the Islanders, but they did their move early by getting Bo Horvat. Now, looking at the rest of their schedule they have coming up. Number one, we obviously know coming up this week, they have Columbus tomorrow night at 7.30. That's at home. They should be Columbus. Columbus is outright tanking for Connor Bedard. They are not a good team. They let up a ton of goals. You should whoop them, especially after your performance against Washington without Tuck and Darlene. You might still be out with, you're definitely going to be out without Tuck. You probably, I think you're going to be out with Darlene. You should still probably whoop them. You should absolutely put a W on the board. No questions asked. And we're moving on to, where it gets a bit challenging, the March schedule is rough. The March schedule is really, really rough. At Boston on Thursday, Tampa Bay at home on Saturday, Edmonton at home on Monday, then you have a back-to-back there with you going to down to Long Island to take on the Islanders on Tuesday, Dallas that Thursday, and on Saturday the Rangers. That is a brutal, brutal grind there to try and... I guess someone pull it back or, or or to keep going, you just look and it's just it's 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 haymaker after haymaker, big team after big team. I guess in in a way, Boston and Tampa are kind of locked into the playoffs, so they might be more. You can maybe convince yourself that they're just kind of going to cruise into the postseason. Maybe that's true. Edmonton's kind of the same thing, but not really because they're out west. But the Islanders, you're in an outright playoff race with. And then after that, that next week you get Toronto. Washington and Philadelphia all on the road. I guess for that, because of how good this team is on the road, you probably are looking at maybe two wins there. Like if you're the most optimistic fan possible, probably two wins. Maybe three, because Philadelphia's the other team. But then you get Boston, Nashville, Jersey at home, the Islanders on the road, Montreal at home, and the Rangers on the road. There's like three games in the entire month of March that you can sit there and go, without a doubt, unequivocally, the Sabres are the better team. Maybe four. But Nashville... With Soros, he could cause issues. Like, just outright, their goaltending could cause huge issues that you just, you're outplaying them, doesn't matter. Look at Florida. Florida had way more shots on net than the Sabres, and it didn't matter because the Sabres were getting a great game out of Craig Anderson. And that's kind of what ended that whole debacle there for them. That was over. But you just, I don't know, it's going to be a really, really tough grind to end out the year. One of which, again, I think they can can do well. I think they can make the playoffs. But it is going to be a tough, tough road to do so. The teams you're better than, I think outright, are probably going to be, I think the Islanders. I think you are better than the Islanders. Washington, I think you're better than. Philadelphia, I think you're better than. Nashville, I think you're better than even with Soros, I think you're probably better than them and Montreal. After that, it is you're hoping to win and if you but if you beat them, it's a big moment. And then April. To end the season, you get Philadelphia away, Florida away, Detroit away, Carolina at home, Rangers away, Devil's away, Ottawa at home, Blue Jackets away. That is a tough road to finish out the season. Now in that you're hoping teams like Pittsburgh or the Islanders really start dropping games and they just drop out of the race entirely. And they and they lose the desire to keep going. That's kind of the goal there, right? That's that's how we'd probably want it to go. You look at Pittsburgh's schedule, they get Nashville tomorrow night, at Tampa, at Florida, Columbus, Islanders, Philadelphia Rangers, Montreal. They get a huge home stretch there, at the Rangers, at the Rangers ottawa at colorado at dallas washington at detroit at nashville that's a toughish road but they get a lot of home games there but the rangers i think the rangers are without a doubt better than pittsburgh that could be a tough road for them but then the islanders go through them real quick at minnesota tomorrow night i think minnesota's absolutely better team than them then they get detroit buffalo at pittsburgh washington at the kings at anaheim at san jose toronto At Columbus, Buffalo, New Jersey, Washington. It's not nearly as difficult of a March as it is for Buffalo. And that's where it's like they are just going to, they're dealing with a very, very tough end of the season. And they're a team that has not really ever been in a playoff. They've never really been in a playoff race ever outside of Kyle Oposo. And that's been years since he was. Tuck, when he was younger with Vegas. I'm acting like he's 30, he's 26, but that was in his, what, first year or two? And even then, Tuck's probably going to be out the next two or three weeks. And and just looking at that, well, like let's count this week as well. This is week one, this is week two. The teams you're going to play in those two weeks are Boston, at Boston, Tampa Bay, Edmonton, the Islanders, Dallas, and the Rangers. That is if he then comes back in time for the Monday game in the third week against Toronto, it's it's a tough road, and this is where I'm glad the Sabers didn't try to go all in on a guy like a Timo Meyer. Or and we still gotta wait, but it looks like they're gonna be out of the Jacob Chikrin sweepstakes. I'm glad they didn't because you look at the schedule and you realize it's just it's not their time yet. They are just not that team yet, which is fine. It's not a loser mentality. It's not even a bad thing to admit. But for them, it really should just be adding little pieces here and there to make the season potentially better but even if they add one or two pieces here i think most of them probably know and i think most sabers fans probably know too that even if you play carolina or boston let's say you get in the wild card you're probably losing to them and if you don't it's a miracle run it is an absolute miracle run and i can't make long-term decisions on the hope of a miracle i cannot do that and if i'm kevin adams i certainly can't do that i cannot start making decisions long-term affecting the franchise decisions based on the idea that, hey, well, miracles have happened before. You can't do that. You look at the schedule. You look at the remaining games. It could be really fun to end out the season. It really, really could. They could be amazing to close out the year this year. And even then, it might not be enough. Because of how grueling the schedule is, they may just lose just enough games. Really, what I'm looking at with the Sabres here is drag some of these games to overtime. You've had a real difficult time doing that at all this year getting these overtime points, especially obviously in close losses. If they can do that where for a few of these games, you just get one point, one point, one point, and just constantly keep picking up points, then we got some here. But this is where teams like Jersey especially, they I don't want to say they're in a different class, but to a certain extent they kind of are. Because for them it's just like, we're, we're in this mode now. We're pretty much locked into a playoff spot. We've got to go for it now. They may never be this good in terms of like just white hot, awesome offensive numbers next year. They're they're still gonna be a very, very good team, but it just may not be the these kind of numbers. The Sabres have great, you know, offensive numbers, not really good defensive numbers, and bad goaltending numbers. They're just not there yet. And that's fine to admit. That's alright to admit, because going into this year, that was not really, I think, the goal. I think the goal is to get better and maybe complete for the for the playoffs, which they're doing. And next year is to make it, and and everything is pointing to I think they're going to be a playoff team next year. I really do. Number one, Pittsburgh and Washington look old as dirt. They look awful. Pittsburgh is just the new Detroit Red Wings, trying to keep that playoff streak alive, trying to to, to, tell, to sell to fans that you know the current core they have, who are all in their mid thirties, are not done yet. They can absolutely still win a cup with these guys. When it, everyone knows they can't. It was the same thing with Detroit, trying to rebuild on the fly without it ever admitting that we're past our expiration date, guys. We we maybe should start really thinking about going deep into the draft, retooling with prospects and all that stuff. Detroit didn't want to do it for the longest time to keep that playoff streak alive. Pittsburgh kind of is in that now with their with their playoff streak. I think they're at, what, 16 years? So they're kind of the same thing. And Washington, they're kind of just funneling a team out there to try to get OV history. That's really what they're about. And OV's good enough that their team is going to win games. Maybe they shouldn't just because he puts up up production. Goals, 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 goals. But by next year, I think that age is just going to eventually catch up to these guys, and you're going to have young, fast teams who are just going to run through you. We saw it on Sunday against Washington. Washington at times just did not look even slightly prepared for the speed Buffalo had offered. We saw it a few times with Pittsburgh as well in the beginning of the year when it would be a close game for two periods, and then the third. I think Buffalo scored four or five in the third to just absolutely destroy them because they could not keep up with the young speed; they just couldn't. And while they get a year older, and I'd even count Boston in this as well. They get a year older. The Sabers, as well, get a year older, but that means Cousins, who is having a absolute career year, turns twenty three another year in the pros. Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka, no longer rookies. They're feeling good. Owen Power, the same thing, no longer a rookie. He's getting better. Darlene, another year better. Tuck, another year better. You're probably bringing in some of the young guys, maybe to Matthews Foy and Yuri Kulik, just getting that much better. Goaltending will still be shaky. We'll see, we'll see if that's addressed at all on the trade deadline. That's kind of the one piece I wouldn't be against them addressing just because you're probably going with the same rotation you have now rather than Levi, because Levi is probably going to have to take at least a year in the AHL. So it probably wouldn't be a bad idea for them to maybe add a goalkeeper. I, I would love Vismelka from Arizona. He seems to be maybe the best idea. Gibson from Anaheim, the numbers aren't great. Maybe that's Anaheim behind him. I'm not sure, but I'm a bit against that. But it will be interesting, but it's going to be tough for the Sabres to get in. They are dealing with such a gauntlet of a schedule. And they are a young team who has never been in this kind of position. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show here on a Monday. You're listening to Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for the last few moments here as we wrap up a show here on a Monday. Please, if you are driving today or tonight, Drive carefully. The roads, I can't imagine have been completely plowed yet, as this did happen just in the last few hours. But a lot of snow, a lot of wind as well. It's died down a little bit here over at our Amherst Studios. But even I, I only have about a 15-minute commute home. we driving a little bit slower, taking the side roads as well. So please be careful out there. But speaking of driving, Formula One is officially back this week. We had testing last week. Drive to Survive dropped on Friday Just kind of my thoughts. I didn't really watch any of testing. Number one, I went on a few Reddit pages just to kind of like see what people were saying, like in terms of watching it. And most people were basically like, yeah, it's it's pretty boring. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to completely avoid that then. I'll just wait to get any updates, which is nice because they practiced at, you know, just the earliest hours of the morning here on the East Coast of the United States. So I like I woke up to updates, which is great. Perfect. I didn't have to bore myself to tears. And I'd have to like search that long or wait that long to get some updates. But I will say, what's interesting, and, and I and, and I've mentioned before that Formula One is, is grabbed my attention more than any sport has as quickly as any sport has had. You know, football it took me like a year or two to really get into it when I was you know eight nine years old. Hockey's taking me a lot longer to get into it mainly because the team was bad and there's no player for me to grab onto. I don't I don't have any memories from the oh five oh six team or the oh six oh seven team. I will say though, I did watch a documentary on the Eastern Conference Finals of 05-06. Definitely going to try to find more of that, just to, just to kind of like really understand the history and stuff like that. I'll try to start find stuff in the 80s and 90s as well. Just to I want to know the history. But Formula 1 especially, it's just within like a few races, I was like, oh, I'm all the way in, which to me has been weird because I've tried NASCAR, I've tried IndyCar a little bit here and there, and I'm just like, I'm bored. I I don't care. But Formula 1, for whatever reason, it's just it has absolutely grabbed my attention and has kept it a lot longer than many other sports have tried. I'm talking about darts especially there. I, I, no, I can't do it. On ESPN sometimes, cannot do it. But some of the big takeaways, too, is just Red Bull continue to be dominant even after their their cap infractions and, and, and stuff like that, and, and Ferrari seemingly has gotten down the pace a bit, but now the reliability is there, if I can speak. Reliability is there, and now it seems like they're turning the engines a little bit up now, and the power units are back up to where they were in the beginning of the season last year. Mercedes still dealing with some of their issues, but they seem to be definitely in the top three. But Aston Martin, with now Fernando Alonso, two-time world champion, they bring him in. And Aston Martin has kind of had like the weird, I don't even say weird, just, just the stigma that, well... You know, Lance Stroll's dad, Lawrence owns the team, so Lance is there and it's really just a pay to drive for Lance and you know, wasn't gonna be taking that seriously. But Lawrence Stroll especially really put the money where his mouth is and it's just like, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna build a competitor. And to a certain extent, like I think he shows it just by flat out not having Lance clearly be the number one driver. Like Lance may be his son, but let's be real. Fernando Alonso, at a two time world champion, is very much the number one driver. And then this past weekend, with I I believe Lance broke either one of his wrists or both. I don't think we're actually going to get a full confirmation on that until he can't race this weekend, which is looking very, very likely. Fernando is the one that has been like setting the world on fire with how fast the Aston Martin has been. And now I'm like very interested to see how their car drives this weekend in Bahrain first weekend practice start on Thursday, Friday, and we can really start to take like some serious takeaways from that because I, and, and and as someone that participated in a racing sport for 12 years of my life, I know the term sandbagging very well. I am someone that has participated in the strategy of sandbagging. Don't show your best, when it's not time to show your best, and I'm all about that, and I understand that, especially in a racing sport. But come race weekend, you can't just like hold back until you know qualifying. You gotta, you have to actually put your best foot forward to get actual results, and that's where like McLaren, I'm very nervous about. I'm I'm very very nervous for them, and I I was having a few conversations with my buddies of mine on Twitter and text and. St- I feel so bad for Lando Norris. He's my absolute favorite driver, but man, he is just getting killed by how crappy these McLarens are. They can't get pace, and they seemingly just worry about said year and not what's down the line, and it's really causing them to have so, so, so many issues come the start of next year, and now they've got two potentially you know world-class kind of drivers in Lando Norris and now Oscar Piastri, Piastri and they just are unable to put a real race-winning car out on the grid. And it is incredibly frustrating to watch. That's going to do it here for the nightcap. Coming tomorrow, we're going to have Sabres pregame at 6.30 as the Buffalo Sabres get ready to host the Columbus Blue Jackets as the team looks to make a playoff push. The Longest playoff drought in the NHL. They look to end that. We'll get you started at 6.30 with puck drop starting at 7.30. That's going to be right here on WGR. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful night and drive safe.